Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with Smock executives right after they put out important news. And this guy keeps putting out important news almost every day now. I become his personal assistant. It's Peter <laughs> Pascali, present CEO, Pyrogenesis Canada, trades in the TSX on the stock symbol PYR. And for our friends in the US, PYRNF. And by the way, for all of you, happy Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving uh, long weekend with your families. For those of you new, it's going to be a lot of you. Pyrogenesis is a newly uplisted TSX company. They're pretty much the world leader in advanced plasma processes. And that means they're achieving global success in multiple applications with some of the world's biggest companies and organizations. For example, uh, they, they announced a $25 million contract uh, to supply one of the biggest high-tech aluminum smelters in the world, an $11.5 million contract to supply their technology to, U, to two uh, U.S. Navy aircraft carriers. And just yesterday, they announced uh, the signing of an initial plasma torch contract with a major iron ore producer. So the company's hitting on all cylinders, but what we're talking about today, Q3 results. I'm going to read it out in the headline. Pyrogenesis announces Q3 results. Revenues 8.1 mil. Net income 15.3 million. Gross margin. I'm going to talk about that. Let's call that 68%. Current backlog 36.5 million. All whittles down to basic earnings per share of 10 cents for the quarter. Peter, welcome back. Thanks a lot, George. Thanks a lot for that introduction. Appreciate it. Hey, you know, you make Fun it easy. You make it easy. Um, before we dive into the numbers, because I know you really want everyone to take a closer look at these numbers and get out even more morsels of information, you call this in your quote this quarter historical. So before we go to the numbers, bigger picture, I mean, I'm seeing records across the board. How historic? How do you guys feel? Uh, We're being very proud. Uh, we've been very proud of, of this, uh, Georgia, but you know, it, it, come, it comes a bit of a surprise to the marketplace, but we've been signaling what our backlog is. We've been talking about percent completion. So it shouldn't be too much of a surprise uh, to people. But yeah, no, we're very happy to be able to say that we have posted uh, significant revenues for the quarter, 8 million for the quarter, which are more than what we've posted for a full year in recent memory. So we're very, very happy, very, very proud of it, George. Thank you very much. So let's go into some specifics. I look, we want to cover revenue, how we, want, how we got there. We want to cover net income, your balance sheet. Why don't you take us through... Uh, what you think are your priorities and what you want to go through first. So, George, uh, th this is the first time I'm doing this. So um, I believe I have to keep it to what we published. Of course. And, um, and I'm, not an, a, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not an accountant. Um, I'm going to point out things that I, I believe are important to me as, as who runs the company. To, so I like to share that with people. Uh, but uh, people should seek counsel. Be, I mean, uh, uh, you know, if they're going to make uh, any decisions based on what I'm saying, they should go and sure. ask some advisors. Um, and um, and again, the financial statements and the MDNA are complete documents that should be read in their entirety. I don't have the time to go through every 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 bit of it, but I'd like to point out a, a number of things, if I can, to help of clarify. Because yeah, it's not just the numbers; on. you want to have the context of those numbers. That's right. So uh, yes, we start off with you know historic revenue. Very, 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 very proud of it. Um, we have some expenses that get us to our net income, very basic, and then we have uh, our, our 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 net income also being affected by our strategic investment in HPQ. 
one of the things that you should know that is in the expenses this particular quarter is an expense item that is referred to as um, um, uh, share, uh, shareholder- um, Share-based compensation. Thank you, share-based compensation, okay? Now, what that is, is we basically, in the course of the quarter, um, gave employees direct uh, options. That's not an expense necessary. It's not like it's a non-cash expense. Right. So when you're looking at a quarter, it's a, it's a, it's a strange thing that took place in the quarter, but how the accounting, uh, um, uh, how the accountants uh, account for it is they, they consider it as if it was part of their salary. And so they go through a very complicated uh, black shows model and they attribute a value to it. So in this particular quarter, they attributed something between two and $3 million of value to it. So when, when you take that out of the quarter to get a sense from an accounting perspective, you know, if, 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 if that wasn't there, what does the quarter look like from an operational perspective? You find that from operations, we made about $3.1 million. Good point. And, you're, and so it's, not, it's not like that's going to be happening every quarter either. I guess exactly. last quarter was the quarter where you said, hey, let's start rewarding everyone for the great work and all the success we've had. Exactly. So what I'd like to do is, if I can, I'd like to share my screen here sure. and actually um, uh, point that out into some detail. Some detail. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact that we're doing sc uh, screen sharing now in real time. So there we go. This is the um, this is the three month uh, revenue. Uh, you can see here there's eight eight million dollars of revenue. Yep. And then you go down and you see expenses, and selling general and administration in that five point three million is an uh, um, um, is the amount that I, I explained to you before. So what I do actually yeah about three point one million dollars in share based compensation. It's I think um, I think it's. Um, I'm going to just get it here. Um, I think it's here. So what we've done in, in the management dis uh, discussion, we've broken out some selected financial information again. So what we've done is we've broken out again. Again, we have the same revenues. But in the expenses, we've taken out the share-based compensation. And what we do is we look at our net income from operations not including that share-based compensation, ends up being 3.1 million. And that for me is a key takeaway. Uh, then you take away the share-based compensation, you get back to the net income again of 105. And then, so we put in this extra line and that can be found in the, um, in the MDNA, um, on, I think around the page three or so. And you can see how that works out. I think that's, that's important takeaway uh, from from this particular income statement. Now, right, because a couple of people did point out, they said, hey guys, uh, I'm a little concerned that net income from operations is only $105,000, but yep. that that that's a big piece of information there. It's something that, that now, you can't really start selecting what expenses you're going to take out and, you know. Of course. You know, you can't. So from my perspective, offering a company, or when I look at companies, um, I actually... I actually um, look at cash flow. Now you go to page 10 of the MDNA, and what we try to do is give you a sense of what cash flow is here. Right. Okay. And and it's right, it's right here, this page here. I'm gonna just try and go up here a bit. 
summary of cash flow, flow is such a such a most people don't look at cash flow everyone looks at the top line numbers yeah. revenue net income but cash flow really tells you a lot about the health so, of a company at the so end what, of the day. what what this does for me and, and i'm not an, a, a, an accounting uh, guru but what it does for me it just breaks down very simply cash is king and the summary of cash flow breaks down where the cash flow or is used or provided for by operations, investment activities, financing activities. So when you go to the key one that my takeaway is, is on operating activities. What is your operations doing? Are they really kicking off cash? And when you look at the trend here, in the quarter, we kicked off $2.4 million of cash versus a, lot, a, a use of funds of, of about $848,000. Yeah, that was a cash flow deficit. Yeah. Uh, uh, for the quarter last year of 850 grand essentially this for me operating the company indicates to me my, my operations are starting are, are kicking off cash and then what i do is is, is this just an anomaly this one quarter something happened no uh, when you look at nine months we're kicking off 1.6 million versus a loss of 2.8 not a loss a use of funds in, 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 in of last year of 2.8 over the same period so for me as a ceo and i'm running this conference okay after the accounting is done, well, you know, it's very difficult to understand financial statements, but cash is kicking off these operations. I get a lot of comfort from it. So, yeah. um, so that's, that's on page 10 of the MDNA. And the other one that I, I, um, I, um, I shared with you a, a few moments ago was um, also in the MDNA, selected financial information, which is, uh, I think in page three or so. I, those are, those are two key documents that we provide in the MDNA to try and clarify what's happening in the uh, in, in the quarter. Now, um, also impacting earnings was the um, the effect our strategic investment in HPQ had. So, for those that know or are new to the story, we also own shares and warrants in a client of ours called HPQ. HPQ Silicon. Yeah, so it's a strategic, we call it a strategic investment because of the association um, to try and, 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 and we, we use the word strategic to try and uh, underscore the fact this is a close relationship. Now, it's very different, uh, George, this particular um, line item because of the relationship. And, uh, there's no other way to, to account for it. So it, it becomes clear. In fact, our investment HPQ was actually in operations at one point. It was in their finance, so, but we pulled it out of there. So and investors could have a clear understanding of how our operations are separate from our investment. But it's different from an investment, let's say we had in Coca. Let's say we had an investment in Coca-Cola. Yeah, or a, a, a private company like a Gorecom, and I told or, you, hey, or, or, or any other public higher. company. And that company's operating separately, and they're doing good things. And we luck out because quarter to quarter there's a difference, and we luck out and bangle. There's a, a contribution to earnings per share. This is extremely different. We. It, it, it's our personnel that are in the operations, our facilities. We we were the, the we were the, the the seed of the of the of the of the patents and the technology, so we're we're very closely related in terms of operations and success. So the success of HPQ, we believe, has a lot to do with how we operate. 
So I don't think it's something that can be discounted uh, willy-nilly as, oh, it's just a, a strategic investment. It depends on what that other company does. Yes, but we're, we're it's like- we're, we're Well, so, the, the so difference I think, Peter, is you're intimately involved in the success of that yeah. investment. In other words, your contribution to the success of HBQ today, this quarter, next quarter, next year is integral to it, as yeah. opposed to uh, you're a passive investor and you just happen to luck out and you have no idea as to whether your investment in Gorecom this quarter skyrocketed, but next quarter may drop like a rock because you have no control over it. But with exactly. HBQ, you're, you're, the company is intimately and intricately involved yes. Yes. In, in its success. And should investors be reading something into that, that you've taken it, that you now put it into the, uh, you know, taken out of more of the investment side and put in more into the operation side because no, no, no we did That's it. progressing. Many, no, no, many. Uh, I can't remember. A couple of years ago, we decided to take it out of the operations and put it as a separate line item below, and that's right. where it should be, because okay. it's not part of our operations per se. But then again, it's not as distant as if it's a a, a separate uh, public company like Coca Cola or something that we invested in. So okay, got that's it. something that. <clears throat> and it was a strategic decision and it's panning out. And I think it's, it's actually something that, um, well, it affects earnings per share. And that's the takeaway. The, um, the other thing I wanted to, uh, to speak to was if I could, is the balance sheet. Of company strength. Yeah. It's one of the, um, uh, it's one of the things I'm extremely proud of. Um, if I can, I hope I'm putting it up the right one up here. Uh, this is, yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, no, let me just go back up on a second. That was the income statement. So the balance sheet is, here we go. This is the balance sheet. What we press release and some people may say, well, look at cash is here, $2 million. You press release, you have cash on hand. At the time of the writing of the press release, we had cash on hand of 17 million. And the reason we felt that was important to, 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 to talk to was because subsequent to September 30th, we had the funding, sure. the financing, um, and it contributed as well as other cash coming in. So we have, uh, we have a cash on hand of uh, $17 million. Um, uh, and we've cleaned up our balance sheet bef uh, before we had um, a, a convertible debenture, uh, a convertible debenture down here, note 12, down here of 2.98. Um, is um, is now gone as well as uh, other notes and term loans are gone. So we, we've really cleaned up the balance sheet. And I like to speak to this number here called billings in excess of costs and profits on uncompleted contracts. Yeah, that's a big one. Now, it's a little bit complicated because it's an accounting anomaly. Um, and I'm not talking about our company, but a lot of people misunderstand this to be a liability like a telephone bill that needs to be paid. Okay, if, if, if the music stops, it needs to be, most liabilities need to be paid. Now, if people understand what this is and they bring this understanding to other companies that are public, they may have an interesting opportunity to make money where people think this is a true liability when it isn't, and I'll explain. How we account for revenues is based on the accounting principle of percent complete. 
it really has nothing to do with when we receive money, believe it or not. So take a project that's got revenues coming in of, let's say a million dollars and, and expenses, and then it has a profit. If you are 25% complete, you're allowed to bring in 25% of the revenues and the expenses into your profit and loss and into your income statement. If you're 75%, you bring 75%. Now, remember I said it has nothing to do with when the cash comes in. How does the accounting principles take into account different scenarios? So let's say the two extremes. I get paid everything up front, the full million dollars up front, or I get it all at the end. Let's take those two extremes. When I'm 25% complete, it means that on the million dollar project, it means that I can account for 25% of the revenues and expenses. But I've collected 100% in the example where I collected everything up front. That means I've collected 75% more than I should have. That goes into a liability. Because you still got to deliver the rest. Um, yes and no, because you have to stand the client on the other hand, on the other side is paying. I took two extremes, but what actually happens is as, as, the, pro, pro, as the, uh, the contract is progressing, he's paying for things. He's paying for you know, this much of a completion, the, the design, the client feels as if they've paid for these things. Okay. He doesn't know what percent completion is. He doesn't know that there's the count, the counting uh, um, uh, structure has put his advanced payments into, into uh, the, these billing, these liability. He thinks he's paid because a milestone has been reached. Okay. So, on the other side of the coin, if you're paid at the far end, it's actually an asset. So here's really a, a strange situation. You have two companies, let's say, that are doing exactly the same thing. One person gets paid out, gets paid in advance. It shows as a liability. The other one gets paid at the end. It's showed as an asset. You as an investor are looking saying, oh my God, this client over here has an asset. This one has a liability. I like the one with the asset. But what's actually happening is, the guy with the asset hasn't collected yet. <laughs> the guy with the liabilities collected early. And, and um, somebody actually has described the, uh, this billings in excess of liability. It's actually guaranteed future revenues. Because on a percent complete, you've already got the revenues in. You've already got the money in. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's, a pretty, it's, a, it's an anomaly in accounting that has come from uh, the days of Enron. Look it up, E-N-R-O-N, back in the days uh, when people were really screwing around with revenues and, 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 and what they tried to do is standardize it in such a way that it reflects what's happening as a, uh, and there's less, uh, less likelihood that people are gonna be screwing around with revenues and misrepresenting to investors. So this billings in excess is actually, um, uh, reflects the fact that we've actually collected faster than we've completed, which is what you want in a company. Sure. However, the client doesn't know that. The client doesn't know that he's paid in advance. Sorry, HPQ, <laughs> or whoever's out there, US Navy and everybody else. 
but that's the way we run our shop. Okay. Now, when you're looking at financial statements, one may should we might say, well, then you should have uh, uh, you know the, the 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 cash up above to complete the contracts. And yes, you know, technically speaking, you should. That's another conversation because small companies they go to banks or they go to the market to raise capital. So if somebody's funding it out of this, it's probably the best thing they should they could do to 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 um, to uh, to not have dilution things like that. And that's another story, um, and that's just my personal opinion. But what we have right now, uh, uh, George, is a very clean balance sheet. Uh, the, the 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 debt that is conventional debt like uh, loans, uh, term loans, convertible debentures have been paid off or or have been converted in full. Uh, we have seventeen million dollars on the balance sheet. Our strategic investment is doing very well, um, and so uh, that's uh, that's. Oh, what's not what's not here and is in the press release or in the notes somewhere. I think it's in my uh, forward-looking statement. Is also what's not captivate captured here is our net. Um, we have you know, we have uh, carry loss. Uh, carry loss forwards, yes. Carry loss forwards. Of, I think it's like. I can't remember. I think it's like over fifty million dollars. Check it. I, I can't remember what it is. Uh, that means that we'll be able to shield our, some of our future income, our profits from taxes. That's right. That's right. What is the size of that carry forward the, of that lost carry forward? Um, I got my notes here. If you just give me a second, I'll tell you. It's in the forward-looking statement. Um, I mean, for, not forward-looking statement. It's in my um, outlook. Um, I don't have it here. Yeah, because uh, oh, you know what? Well, at least for, for for pyro investors, all these years, who the, the loyal ones, they've been there for the losses and they've absorbed they, they've absorbed those losses. Now those losses are gonna are actually gonna be shielding income. So now they're gonna be benefiting from from those losses. Yeah, I'm just gonna look here and see if I have it here. Um, um I should have it. Uh, 50 million, the company has over 50 million tax loss carry forwards, roughly evenly distributed between federal and provincial obligations. Um, so that's that's what I just looked up. All right. Well, there's a real significant value to those. That's for sure. Yeah. Real significant value. So, so that's it in in, in, in in a nutshell, how I look. Sorry, at Peter, by the way, that'll show up in the annual, though, because you don't put those in the quarterly. Oh, what I did was it's in my uh, out, it's my outlook section of the MD&A. It's the last right. section of the uh, management discussion. I think it's the last paragraph or second right. to last paragraph. But the impact of it on a statement will show up on the annual statement when you it, prepare. There's no, it doesn't show in the statement at all. Oh, okay. It's in the notes. It's in the notes. Some, it's in the, uh, I think it's in our tax filings. It's, it doesn't show up anywhere on as, a, as, a, oh, as an asset okay. or a life. Uh, as I've seen it before on the income statement where uh, George Co. makes $100 uh, minus uh, loss care forwards, protect, you know, and then it's, uh, and, and, but anyways, if it, if it does showing up there, then that's, that's I, I don't think we know so. where to look for. I may be wrong. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, no, you're, I you're very, I'll be wrong, be wrong, but I don't think it is. No. So let's talk about, um, a couple of questions I have for you. The 10 cents per share in earnings, uh, yeah. which is great for the quarter. Is that something that investors can start to almost extrapolate going forward? I know, again, you're not, you haven't given guidance yet, but is, you know, should they should be the extrapolating this is the beginning of these kind of quarters going forward, given the backlog. I, I can't, I can't comment to that, uh, George, what investors should do. I mean, it's, it's what we've done in the quarter. Uh, we haven't given guidance yet because 
Uh, I've, I've just been so busy. I haven't sat down with my project managers to see how how com percent complete they've gone through the um, the fourth quarter and what we're projecting out. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to give some guidance um, uh, uh, soon soon enough. That was the question I was going to ask. I want to try and give guidance, and, and I'm new to this, so uh, I want to try and give guidance without. Um, and you'll meet the guidance or exceed it. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? That's the goal to to try and get as close to, as close to what we're going to do as soon. In fact, as soon as we know we're supposed to, I think legally give guidance if we're if we're pretty pretty sure we're going to do it. So, um, I can't comment on what investors should do with this information. I just I just run the business and 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 talk about it, and the investment community has to figure out what they want to do with it. That's not my job. <laughs> Uh, the uh, another question I have for you, perhaps, and this is uh, something that you might have come up while you're doing your your, your financing. Uh, do you have a sense for independently what the average multiple is for companies like like Pyro? I I have my own opinion. Um, I I can't talk to it here, George. It's not my right. place to talk to it. I don't think I don't think I I, I I'm I, I'm allowed to. No, fair enough. Um, it's um, I can I don't think I can talk to that, George. I yeah, know. at some point, maybe who knows? Sometimes, in, uh, when companies put out their their uh, investor presentations, they'll provide a peer uh, a peer analysis and comparison, revenue multiples, income multiples. But uh, so, oh. uh, just in case you guys had that, I figured why not ask? Because I know people I are kind of thinking about. I've seen the chatter online, which is. What's the multiple? Do we what multiple do we put on this? And uh, there's there's great debate out there. There's is there a standard multiple, more of an industrial company? Do we put a peg, you know, a peg rate multiple on it because of the growth? So I figured I'd bring that up so investors are um, listening. But if I'm, you can't answer it, that's fair enough. So if you, I, I um, I I could actually, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what that to advise. No, no, fair, about, fair enough. Run, running, running it. I think we're a unique company, George. And I'll tell you why. I mean, when you're when you're looking at what you want to, what company you want to follow, or just even just read about, if you want to get excited about it, forget about investing. I mean, some people just like reading about companies. I mean, I'm not so sure. There's so many companies out there with so many relationships developed in so many markets. I mean, how do you? I, I'm glad I'm not an investor that has to figure that out because uh, uh, I, I think we're we're unique. In that respect, we're we're very unique, and what well, else would you apply to that is you know good good luck to you to figure it out. There are very few companies, you know. If you remember when my when we first started talking, when we first started, you know, doing interviews, I said that Pyrogenesis was like the you're like the Elon Musk of the small cap world because because you have technology that you are succeeding on multiple applications. George, he's the- So few Peter companies Pascali are able to do that ever. George, he's What's the that? Pascali, he's the Peter Pascali of large cap companies. Exactly. That's great, okay? <laughs> so, but that's the idea, right? When you're when you're succeeding on so many uh, applications globally, um, it's a good it's a good problem to try and figure that out. That That's the good news. Yeah, uh, I mean, and oftentimes, you know, uh, people ask me, they say, listen, you know, not about pyrogenesis, but just about people asking some finance about just investing. I mean, like, what's your what's your risk profile? You know, if your risk profile is a certain thing, it doesn't matter. You know, you go invest in a bank, and then when, and, and if your if your time frame is two weeks, then you go invest in a, a different type of company. So I think you also have to figure out if it's if if you're in a particular risk profile and you're looking at this different companies and you're going to take your money from one and put it into another. You know, 
is, is it worth is, is it worth it? Is it worth going to the new company because they got more opportunities? Is it worth taking it out of the particular company because you know, where are you going to put your money after this? Where, where there's similar similar or better opportunities? So I, I think maybe I've even gone a little too far in talking about this, but it, it's so individual. It's really individual individual in terms of um, and, and what their risk profile is and what they have as alternatives that another investor may not have or know. Sure. Sure. It's it's very difficult to to to, to peg that. So that's it. Uh, question: uh, You attribute the success, some of the success, and then from successful processing of backlog. Uh, you say that in the press release. Are are your closing times getting? Uh, are, 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 is your deal closing getting easier? Are the closing times getting faster? Can we infer that from this because you're? No. you're it seems like you're going through your backlog. You know, quicker. No, no, no. We're just we're just saying that we're processing our backlog, which is generating these revenues. I mean, it, and um, and I, I think we post our, our backlog as of the date of the press release, uh, as opposed to September 30th was I think uh, something north of 35 million. I think it was 36 million. Or something. 36.4. Yeah, 36.4 million. So um, we're 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 that's what we're, I'm trying to I'm trying to explain to people. You know. I'm trying to explain to you, you shouldn't be so surprised because we're, we're, we've got a backlog that we're running through and you know, it's got to come through every quarter. So, uh, you, you know, that, that's, that shouldn't be a surprise. And we're successfully doing it. In other words, if you're not doing it successfully, you come to a hiccup and there's a delay. So you can't percent complete as you, as you thought you might for some reason. So th that's the only thing that would affect us is if as we're, as we're, as we're um, processing the backlog, we come to a hiccup. You know, we can't process it because we're waiting for something. But so we're, when I say we're processing it successfully, it means there's no hiccups in the backlog of the, the percent completions. And last question I wanted to ask you was gross margin. That exploded. Uh, you know, what do you attribute that to? Because uh, you it's up by 22.7%. Um, in the particular quarter, we had, I believe, um, we had some good, good, high margin business coming through there. Uh, we also had um, the, uh, there was some IP that we sold uh, to, um, to, uh, to, I think it was HPQ that had a high margin as well. Um, typically in this line of business, I believe that we're in, it's unique. So the first ones may have a lower, a lower margin, but as we, um, as we increase our business, uh, we should get higher margins because we're able to source better. We're able to source um, um, instead of buying one power supply, we're buying ten, type of thing. And uh, but the, but these gross margins are are high tech gross margins. That's something I want to point out. When you start getting upwards of 65, 70% gross margin, you're not an industrial company. You're you're a, you're in the tech. You're yeah, on the, you're well, on the that's, that's one of the things I, I, I consider myself to be. Yeah, well, of course, we're industrial, right? We're industrial from that aspect, but we're, we're a high-tech industrial company. I don't know if that makes any sense. We're, we're applying high technology um, uh, to in industry. So, yeah, we're, we're getting some nice margins, that's for sure. Last word to you, you know, because um, that's I, I want to ask you more questions, but they would have to do with guidance, so I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, but I, by the way, for everyone at home, I was 
asking those questions because I could see those on Agoracom and other forums. So we figure let's at least put that out there. So I appreciate that you addressed it, even though you couldn't answer it specifically. Uh, last word to you, how should everyone feel about what they're seeing in, 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 with these results and how should everyone feel going forward? Just well, generally speaking, I'm not talking about stock sure, price how, or how projections. How can you but... not feel good? I mean, the company at the beginning of the year was saddled with debt, was, was not operational profit from an operations perspective. Perspective. People are wondering why the hell are you were investing in HPQ at 12 cents when things at eight cents. I mean, it's it's like it's it's yeah. it's um it's you know, and we're not and we're not we're not done with the year. And we have a clean balance sheet. We got cash in the bank. We had, we had a, a, a bought deal. Uh, we're uplisted. Uh, how could anyone not feel good about it? I mean, no matter what you think the future is, we're, 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 we're doing what we're supposed to be doing for crying out loud. And, uh, and I think that the team is doing a phenomenal job here. So yeah, and I have no doubt that 99% of people feel great about it. But look, you know, if anybody can connect those dots in a bad way, they need some medicine. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take note of something you said there. The year's not over yet. So I'm not gonna ask you no, about that. No, 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 I didn't mean to infer that. That, uh, that I didn't mean to infer anything. You know, no, no. I just, I'm just saying it, we did it in a shorter, in shorter time than a year. You know, it's fine. It's, it's, uh, and it's, and it's, I'm not just being actually. You no, know, we went from seven million in the back row last year to, to, to twenty million. And people were wondering, well, can he keep it up? Can he keep it up? And all of a sudden, we're at. Uh, at, at, at over 40 million and then we add 8 million in revenues in the quarter and we're still at 36 million in backlog you know the, 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 it's, it's, it's humming along cross fingers you know the, the, there's things in the environment like COVID and things like that we've been uh, we, we've been blessed from the sense that our supply line seems to be good our clients seem to be good um, we at the company are healthy and we're, we seem to be working well so you know and we did this all during COVID that's that's the other thing that that yeah. You know, we were pulling this Unbelievable. out during COVID. Uh, you're asking me how, I'm, I, how I am? I'm ecstatic. Last question I have for you for my purposes. Can I take a day off tomorrow? Or am I going to have you back on? <laughs> That's insider information. I can't give you that. <laughs> uh, I love having these conversations. Peter, more importantly, everyone at home uh, loves watching and hearing uh, what you have to say. And you pointed out some really great stuff in, in the financials there that were beyond just a top line. So congratulations again to you and the team. Thanks, and thanks so much for coming on. Thanks a million. Good to be here. See you soon. Don't been... infer anything into that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just a polite thing to say to someone when you're leaving. You okay? are EF Hutton now. Do you remember the EF? I know you do because we're older. The EF, EF Hutton, remember those commercials back in the day when EF Hutton speaks and everyone in the restaurant would. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're, you are, you are. Elon Musk and EF EF Hutton at the same. Why, I, why can't I just be Peter Pascali, George? Why do you have to? You know, I'm, I'm Peter Pascali. There's nobody like me. That's the that's the weird thing, right? So that's it. No EF Hutton, no Elon Musk. It's Peter Pascali. Okay. In Peter, <laughs> in Peter, we trust. You're hundred percent. All the best, man. Have a good weekend. You've been watching, or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, or Audio Podcast. The Peter Pascali. Present CEO, Pyrogenesis Canada, trades on the TSX under the stock symbol PYR. And for our friends in the U.S., PYRNF. Hope you all enjoyed the information you got out of this. And again, for our American investors and friends, have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday long weekend and a great day to all of you. See you next time. All the best.